boobies. You like boobies. Vicky likes boobies. You're tacky and I hate you. Now are there any damn questions? Have you any idea what the street value of this mountain is? nice fish you know big fucking eyes but a nice fucking fish greetings mellow listener you're here for another fine installment of inside the nerdy studio a wholly original creation of nerdy's llc i am the current showrunner michael higgins and today's subject will be one kyle Brandon Hauser, a, a a father, brother, lover, and friend to many. Uh, uh, Kyle, uh, hello. Hi. You can throw son in there too, I guess. That that too. Yeah. As well. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you folks don't know what uh, Inside the Nerdy Studio is about, I don't. Yeah, Kyle hasn't been here for one. It's a very special surprise. I've tried twice. Life does happen. Yep. Uh, we're going to deep dive into Kyle's history as far as nerd stuff goes. None of the other things, only the important stuff. Uh, Genre-related things. I'm going to ask some questions. Some of the other guys might ask some questions. When all is said and done, we'll put him through the, the, the Pinochet questionnaire. I don't even remember what the fuck that thing's called. But... Yeah. Asks tense, very specific questions. Let's not beat around the bush, though. Kyle. Mm. What are your first influences and interests when it comes to genre stuff? First. Mm. Um, well, I guess my biggest influences would be my old, my, well, I have two older brothers. I don't know. I have a brother, Bobby, who's 12 years older than me. I have a brother, Michael, who's 10 years older than me. I would say my biggest influences in the genre would be my brother, Michael, and my mom. There's a little bit of overlap there, but, um, Saturday morning cartoons were big for me, but specifically the ones that I knew Michael liked. So, Spider-Man, X-Men, like, uh, Batman, the animated series, like, those kind of cartoons when I was a kid, because I was, I, I mean, Mike and Justin, you were the other two who have talked about this, um, I was late 80s, so there's a lot of stuff that I kind of missed out on and didn't really know to go back and check out when I was a kid, so the earliest stuff that I had was really the stuff that I saw on TV. I was really Power Rangers heavy as a kid, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles heavy as a kid. Um, Yeah, I guess that's the starting point. It was mostly Marvel cartoons, Power Rangers, and Ninja Turtles early on. What would you say is the most influential out of all of them? What stands atop all the others? Um, of all my fandoms? Yes. Uh, it's weird to say this, but I think it's like a 1-1-A. Um, but I, I guess I'd have to give one to Harry Potter because I read the first book when I was in the fourth grade. So it was kind of like perfect. It was kind of like my, the story that I grew up along with. And I also read all the books along with my mom. So, like, I would say the first four books, we would take turns. We would have two bookmarkers in the books, and we'd be reading them at the same time. And so, like, she'd read it while I was at school, and I'd read it the night before bed. And then she always kind of let me finish first. Um, she always kind of let me stay a little bit of a ha- ahead of her so that we could talk about it. And she wouldn't spoil anything for me, unlike everybody else in our family who also read those books, which we can get into later. Um, um, 
but I would say of, of all my fandoms, ultimately that's the one I'm most excited to share with Emery when she gets a little bit older because I think she's still a little too young for it. And then I would say, uh, I mean, Marvel, I don't read the books anymore, but like Marvel just as a universe has got to be up there. And Lord of the Rings, more so The Hobbit, but also Lord of the Rings. That was like, that was like the first not kids Dr. Susie book that my mom was like, you got to read this. Because like I, I found an old beat up version of it with like some pages that were like half torn out and we just read it together and I I probably was probably like not probably like nine or ten when that happened and that's just that book's always stuck with me okay uh, so there's a decent variety in there which type of stories do you enjoy the most I mean, it's got to be like the Noble Quest story, right? But there's also got to be some kind of significant redemption arc in there, too. Um, and I think I've always kind of... Maybe it's just like the X-Men thing, or even the Ninja Turtles thing, but it's really hard for me to get into a story that's just like a, a single character. There's got to be like a... It's got to be like a a team or maybe not a team, maybe just like a group of people coming together. So like the fellowship in Lord of the Rings or, or the, 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 the trio in Harry Potter or the four turtles, the X-Men. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would really like get into a story that was just like one character and then like no one else really mattered. Um, because for me, it's all about like the relationships between the characters that are kind of like going on the journey together. Would you say those are the kind of stories you'd like to tell? For sure. Um, yeah, even, I mean, like we've talked about different ideas for stories in the past, but as a group, and you guys had started writing it before I got involved, but that was one of the things that appealed to me most about Dark Days as a story is that there were so many characters and there's so many directions to go that even though I wasn't at, you know, the starting line with you guys, I felt like there were enough side stories or characters that I could like expound upon as the stories went forward. And I think even short stories I used to write like as a kid or, I don't know, other, like, bullet-pointed stories that I have. Like, I have, we've, we've done, like, um, um, creation station stuff. We've done, like, ideas for different movies. And I I don't always talk about the full details of stuff that we've talked about on creation station. But when I bullet-point stuff to talk about um, for those things, like movies and stuff, I have ideas that are, like, that are built on, okay, here's a character... And this is their story in the story. And that's the starting point of how I create. And then from that point, there's secondary, tertiary, but it's all like, how do these characters connect to each other? I never think of characters as like standalone things. Okay. No. In a story, would you want to take a character away from the group for an extended period? Do you think that would hurt their their arc I think it depends who it is I think um, like when you're laying out a story I think it should come it should kind of come naturally to you who that character should be like that wouldn't be something that I'd just be like okay we need to take a character away to have it affect the group like for, I mean I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the show before but like when we did our D&D session it was obviously partially spiteful, but I think also very important that Justin chose Vinny to be the character that got pulled out of being himself. Even though he was still with the group, it was kind of like he wasn't in the group because he didn't have any control over his character for a period of time. And to me, that's kind of the same thing. Like, they don't have to be, like, locked in a dungeon 
for that for like a similar story to be told. Okay, you're the only person I know that stuck with Boy Scouts all the way. That actually <laughs> does that have to do with anything we just talked about. <laughs> well, I'm just moving along. I'm not. It doesn't necessarily have to come off of the last question. Am I allowed to? Cur- I'm allowed to curse on this one, right? Uh, no, this is going to be put on the rope drop. Because it's the Nerdity Studio, right? Yes, yes so. it is. Inside the Nerdity's fucking studio. Yeah, so where the fuck did this question come from? Because uh, I was Brain. trying to find things to talk about. Yeah. About your life. And if you let me finish, it would, it'll, <laughs> it'll dovetail back into. Uh, sure. Was there a lot of overlap in that world to the types of things we talk about here? In the Boy Scout world? Yeah. Um... I mean, oh, you're talking about fandom stuff, like fandoms that we shared as Boy Scouts? Yeah. Um, or like stuff I learned in the Scouts? Yes, both. Um, definitely more so fandom stuff. Um, in my troop in particular, as I got older, because um, like when we were kids, we had like pogs and marbles and stuff and all that kind of shit that we were into when we were in like, you know, the 90s, but, um, and like video games and stuff like that, but. As we get older, um, we don't really talk music that much here, and music was kind of a big influence in the troupe, like sharing music with each other. But um, I would say some of the biggest things were there were several of us who were reading the Harry Potter books at the same time, especially books four, five, and six. Um, so that was that was pretty cool to like be reading and talking about that with other people. Um, but aside from that, we had a bunch of people who were into like specific board games. So like Risk in particular was a big board game for the troop, um, which I actually kind of hated. Like I started playing that because uh, the older guys in the troop, because there's only a set number of players, and the older guys in the troop would always hog the board. And then they'd, at like summer camp, they'd go off to like a class. And if anybody touched their board, they'd basically like gang up on whoever did it. And I know that because I fucked up their board once. Um, I said it was by accident, but it was mostly because I'd been asking for two days to play and they wouldn't let me. So I kind of just said, fuck you guys and, and moved a bunch of their countries. Um, but the other one that was huge to the point where at certain places they would have tournaments was uh, Magic the Gathering. So, and we didn't play a lot of the other games, but like Magic the Gathering is kind of what got, well, we didn't play Pokemon either, but Pokemon was like kind of first and then Magic the Gathering, but Magic the Gathering is kind of what got me into Yu-Gi-Oh! also. It's a weird direction. Most of the time, Yu-Gi-Oh's when you're younger, and then Magic is a, is a more advanced, more adult take on that that setup. That's true. Um, I started buying. Um, so in Boy Scouts, you go into you graduate from like a Cub Scout to a Boy Scout between fifth and sixth grade. So I would say I started buying Magic cards in like the sixth grade. But Yu-Gi-Oh! probably didn't become a thing until I was in, like... Then, you want to say, like, ninth grade? Uh, yeah, about that. That's what I met yeah. my one friend. Yeah, so I would say I had, like, three years of... Not really, like, battling in Magic. Or, like, you know, playing that much. But certainly, like, three years of slowly collecting cards before I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Let's go. Okay. Oh... Uh, We've done a lot of character creating over the years on our show between the comics and just the things we'll do as kind of audio plays and stuff. What are your favorite types of characters to play? To play? Um, I guess... I guess it depends on the game. Like, could you give me like a an example of like a game, like a setup of a game, like, like, um, like if I'm approaching the question in terms of like D and D, I can give you one answer. But if it's like, um, I don't know, like if I was creating a character for like a, 
a wrestling game or something like that, it would be very different. Well, I'll break it down a few ways. Like if you were, if you were playing a fighting game, what kind of yeah. characters do you love or do you tend to enjoy? Um. So, um, in a fighting game, depending on the fighting game, too. But like strikers are super important. Um, I think in most fighting games, you have to be able to like <clears throat> do damage with strikes and combinations, especially in like um, like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, uh, like any of the Def Jam games. Uh, striking combinations are super important. Like your magical abilities are cool too, but ultimately, like uh, when you're playing people who are really good, being able to block and strike, I think, ends up becoming the most important component of the game. Um, so I would say that. But I'm trying to think of like. But, like, if it was, like, a wrestling game, I would never build, like, a Stone Cold Steve Austin-type character. Like, I would never build a striker in that way. Um, because that's not... That's not what I liked to watch. So that's not what I would want to play. So, like, I would want to play... Like, if it was a wrestling game, I'd want to play, like, a submission-based character. Because that's what I like. Um, and even though I enjoy tag team wrestling, I wouldn't build a character for a tag team unless I was building two characters to be in that tag team together. So, like, I would want, like, a guy who does, like, suplexes and submissions because that's what I would want to be if I was a wrestler. Kurt Angle. Taz, Taz. Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit. (laughs) Yeah, guys like that. Okay. Undersized, now, undersized, undersized, scrappy guys. Yeah. Okay, that's playing a game, but like in the stuff we've done as like radio plays and stuff, the kind of characters we've created, which yeah. types have you have you enjoyed the most, or which types of in plays and things like that kind of characters um, do you like to embody? So this might just be like the kind of characters that I got when I used to do drama, but. I never, I would never got a lead character, but I never got a character that was a part of a group either. It was always kind of like, this character is important in the story, but kind of stands on his own. So like, I did Annie, and I was FDR. I did Music Man, but I was, I think his name was Charlie Cow, who was like the villain of that play. So, like, I wouldn't say that I like doing that stuff, but I'm certainly comfortable doing it. And when we did, like, our... People will hear the Christmas Spectacular eventually, but it was it was really cool to have a character who was kind of, like, just standing around by himself and then have a second character who was part of a trio. So I got, I got to do both. I... To, to cut in real quick, as far as your characters go, I know who I want you to play for next year's Christmas special. And it's not it's not typecasting. I want you to be Yukon Cornelius, but he's not going to be the version that everybody's used to. Because we're making him like a uh, an eco-terrorist. An eco-terrorist? Yes. Why would I want to play that? Because Why wouldn't you? Because you have such untapped potential as a villain. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. I do. I mean, but I think I don't want to say like as an actor because I'm not one, right? Like we all. I was in. I was in plays in school. In middle school. Yeah, but think right, about, like I never even did him in high school. Think what about, about Scoot Stainer. Think about everything you've done for this company. It, it's you know, it feels like a goof at times, but like this is the most stripped back back version of anything we do, right? And we're not playing because we play characters on the other podcasts, whether we want to admit it or not. The volume's turned up, Finney's fallen asleep. 
Um, <laughs> but like, this has been fun to do because it's the most normal any of us yeah. any of us it's, are. It's grounded. But like, it's been ten years, dude. You've been playing a character, and you've played other characters. So like, I don't want no one in the group should discredit themselves as being actors at this point. Like, we are. Yeah, yes. yeah, we are. I'm genuine, and my mom <clears throat> says I'm sweeter than candy, yo. And your mom doesn't say that about you. No character there. <laughs> Her mom might, his mom might say that about me, though. Yes. But I'm sweet. Yes. I'm a sweetheart. She's actually said that to me a couple times in my life. I know. She's never said it to me. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I, I I do. I like I like playing villains, but I mean, I think that's what I was gonna say though. Is as, as an actor, because um, a lot of actors, I, I remember Travolta said this that like uh, playing a villain is a lot more fun because there's it's kind of limitless in what you can do with that character. Like if you're a hero or you're a good person with solid morals as a character. There's not a lot of play for what that character would actually do in a situation. Yeah, if you're a villain, if you're, if you're a villain, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Because what are they going to do? Hate you more? Mm. That's what you want. The only thing you can't really do is be boring. And who would want right. to be boring in that situation? Right. 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 And it's and it's almost like, and I think, I think one of the reasons why I could be good at playing a villain is because I like to think I'm pretty good at pushing people's buttons when I want to. So if I don't, if I don't like hit the nail on the head of, of pissing somebody off the first time I can work to get to that point, like duck dive, dodge, whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck the line is. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. I think I got it the second time. You're way too annoyance. Yeah. So, as far as next year goes, we're not saying you have to do it this way, but I, I might spend the next 12 months working on my Bane impersonation. That's just me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be great? Uh, my last question is actually builds off of something you brought up on your own. Uh, as a parent, what genre or what series are you looking forward to uh, your kids sharing with them? That was the question, but you already laid that out. So I guess the only other way to follow that up is what series do you think they'll each connect with the best? Um... Sadie kind of remains to be seen. Um, if we're just talking about like story stuff and not like everything, I would say Emery's kind of on track to be a Harry Potter kid. Um, she's very, she's very, the, I would say she's very theatrical. She likes to get a, she loves to get a laugh. She'll try to, she'll pretty much do whatever she can to get one, um, which is not going to be great if she gets older, but, um, but she's very into Halloween and witches already and magic and all that kind of stuff. So I would say anything really relating to that, like she'll probably be, I would say she'd probably really like stranger things when she gets older stuff like that too. Um, but she also like when she was even when she was a baby, she would sit and get super excited for like Star Wars lightsaber battles. And I I would say like Star Wars is probably the one she's into the most, even though she hasn't seen a lot of it. Like currently, if I had to pick of my fandoms, the one I'd say she likes the most it's Star Wars. And then Yes, I don't know. Emery really loved wrestling early on, and she's, but she's kind of fallen out of it a little bit. It happens. Um, Sadie is now like my person to watch wrestling with, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But um, 
I want to get, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Jill actually texted me this when we were starting the first show earlier. So have you, have you heard about, uh, Lurkana, the cards that Disney's coming out with? Yeah. So I have, I, I, I stumbled upon those like probably a couple months ago, but no one had them in stock. And Jill saw a message that, um, that they're selling them. Um, and they're selling them at a cheaper price for the starter decks than I originally thought they were going to be. So, uh, even though I think it's six and up, uh, for those cards, I think I'm probably going to get two starter decks just so that, uh, Emery can play with one and I can play with one. And maybe that will be how she starts her card collecting with it, with a Disney game. Cause that's a pretty good transition. It's like Disney Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. I wasn't sure what they were doing with it. Is it is it just Disney characters for right now? Because I heard something yeah. about it, and then eventually they'll expand into yeah. other properties. Yeah, yeah. So the concept is, um, you act. You have like instead of having like um, like mana, you have ink, and the ink basically fuels everything that you're able to do on your turns in the game. And, um, the goal is to get like a certain amount of ink basically in order to win. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all based currently based on like Disney characters, but they have, they already have starter packs out, booster packs out. And like all the shit that we had when we were doing Yu-Gi-Oh card protectors, card boxes, maps, mats, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see how that goes because that was kind of my uh, my secondary choice. I think you guys know it's been about a year since I've wanted to get her a Nintendo Switch, and I keep getting shot down for that. So, do you want one? What? Do you want one? What do you mean? Do I want one? We have two. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't want to start a fight in my house. I'll start a fight. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Eventually, oh. yes, I want to get one. If you gave her a Switch for Christmas, oh, Uncle Justin gave it to her. You can't stop it. This, this no. is true. It's true. No what, what would your wife do if I got her one for Christmas? She would know we've been talking, and then I would come back to bite me anyway. <laughs> if you happen to do it, I need to be there. I, I need to see the look sure there happen. It. I need to see her head slowly turn Stewie style. Uh, Three sixty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I will hand the floor over to Justin, I believe. It's... Yeah. So, Kyle, is <clears throat> there a fandom that you wished you had gotten into that you didn't, or maybe wished you had more time to get into? Um, I mean, I would say... Um... I wish I had gotten more into DC when I was younger because I don't, I really have no connection to it anymore. Like, um, the CW shows were good for what they were for the most part. But like when I stopped watching them, it was like a cold Turkey stopped watching them. There was nothing pulling me back. Um, because there was so much other stuff. I just kind of like fell off and never went back to it. I would say, in terms of books, I wish I had gotten into The Walking Dead when they were just books and not watched the show. I could say the same thing about Game of Thrones. I wish I had been more into the books before I started watching the show. You'd still be waiting on the fucking books, though. Yeah, but, like, I I never even finished the first book. Like, I own the first book, Mm -hmm. and I never finished it because... To be fair, he hasn't finished the I started reading it after I watched the third season of the show. Right. Um, so it's kind of pointless. Um, I think those are probably the biggest ones. Is there one fandom above all your fandoms that you wish Jill could get into? Like, at at your level? I would say, well, I, I mean, Harry Potter would be my answer for everything, but I think innately... When Emery starts to get into it, Jill's not really going to have a choice but to start, like, not necessarily reading all the books with us, but, like, 
when she sees that Emery likes it, she's just knowing how Jill is, she's probably going to start to like learn about it just so that it's not just a me and Emery thing. Um, so that she can be in on it too. So I would say I have not, like she's watched Harry Potter movies, like parts of them, maybe not start to finish any of them, but she's, Jill's watched almost every Star Wars movie. Um, I have not gotten her to watch any Hobbit or Lord of the Rings movies. So for that answer in particular, I think I'd have to go like Tolkien stuff. Yeah. I figured that's where you were going to go. Yeah. Cause she's just, she has like no interest in it. And for me, that was kind of like outside of superhero stuff and cartoon stuff. That was, that was like the start of the book stuff for me. Yeah. Like the book fandom stuff was, it all kind of started with the Hobbit. I got to jump in there with thing. By the time Emery's ready to really get into Potter, there's going to be a TV show starting. Yeah. Are you going to forego the movies and try and feed her on the show? Um, well, she's, a, she's already seen parts of the movies, but like, but like, Parts of the movie through freeform, you know what I mean. So like, edited down slightly less scary versions of the movies. Right. And like, I think I've only let her see parts of the first two, and really not even that much of the second one. Like, it's pretty much just been the first Harry Potter movie. Like, um, intense after that. like we were wa- we watched the scene in the first movie together for like around Halloween, um, where all the kids are arriving Hogwarts on the boats, and she was like playing. It looked up and caught just like the last part of it. So like when they when they show the kids' faces like looking up at the castle, but she didn't see the boats going there, and she goes, "Oh, like what's that?" So I rewound it and played it for her, and she just like watched with her mouth hanging open. The, the like the boats moving with their light lanterns and then the panning to the castle she was just like oh my god so yeah the, I don't even remember what the question was is Jill what you would get her into but yeah well, well that was, was my question the TV show right you think you yeah, yeah. the TV show or just just jump into the movies I yeah I mean it, I guess I'll test the waters on the TV show first and then kind of figure out how I want her to experience it more than anything and not even really like not even really like what I think is better necessarily but like what what I think for her age would be the better way to experience it that makes sense the last question I have is I want you to think about every member of the group and I would like for you to say something negative and then follow it up with something positive I did this with Mike, and it was really fun. Is it really fun, though? Like, no, it I'm really not... is. It, no, it is. Because it's not... It, it's, it's like a therapy thing. It's not, though. No, it is. But it's not. Like, I don't really have... So, so for me... There's negative right? things. Like... There's negative things we all, we all feel about <clears throat> each other. It's not necessarily shitty. Shut up. So for... Okay, so for like for me... It's if we if we continued this whole time doing the show in person, answering this question would be infinitely easier for me because it's way easier for me to experience pet peeves with people in person. It's a lot harder for me, especially because I'm so often distracted with the shit that's going on around me to like say in particular something that I like or don't like about to, well, a person. If it helps you, but we all know each other on a personal level. Right. So if it helps you, Mike was really good at keeping it to like a one word expression so for me he said angry right and then the positive was what the fuck did you say focused focused Mm -hmm. joe's was skilled yeah it was his and callow i believe yeah right (laughs) callow um So let's, Man. let's let's start with Joe. All right. 
right? Um, <laughs> don't use mine. <clears throat> I don't even know what callow means. Right. Um, right. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. No, I would, I would say. I would. Well, okay. I would say my. Well, um, I would say my negatives and my positive for Joe kind of work together because I would say that my negative for Joe is that he has trouble focusing on the specific task at hand. But the great thing about Joe and the follow to that is I think the reason why he has trouble focusing so often is his brain is constantly working on all the areas around that task on how to improve the efficiency of the task. So like there's constantly Justin will say, Joe, do this. And there'll be like a hundred suggestions from Joe and Justin will just be like, no, just fucking do the thing I asked you to do, buddy. But, but like, but, but it's, but it's, but it's always like from a good place though. Yeah. Um, Vinny. I mean, Eddie's, I I don't know. Man. It's okay. You can say it. No, no, like I don't, I don't know what I, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll fill it in for you. My, my wiener is way too big. That's my <laughs> negative. Uh, and I love too hard. Was that Megan my, laughing in the background that I just heard? <laughs> I think that was Joe. Uh, no. I, um, and I love too hard. Silly <clears> thing. <throat> my wiener and my heart are too big. Yeah. <laughs> Pro and con. Um, uh, okay. All right. So my negative for Vinny is, I think a negative that a lot of people have for me, um, a lot of times I can't tell when he's serious. So I always kind of default to he's joking, which is tough for a person. Cause I've experienced this a lot. It's tough when you're trying to be serious and everyone still just thinks that you're joking. But that happens to me with Vinny a lot where like, I want to think that he's joking, but I don't want to offend him by just yeah. assuming that he is. Um, Dinosaurs are fake. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but, but again, like yeah. the same thing with Joe, part of that is I think I, – I don't know if the listeners know this or not. Vinny and I have an interesting relationship in that I would say – and I think this is, may have actually come up on shows previously, that he was, like, the first friend that I ever had. Like, the first not cousin, not sibling, like, the first friend that I had that, like, we would go to each other's houses to play. You know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, we shared a cousin, but it was always, like... And I still, like, I've, I've talked to people about this before, but that, that's kind of always how I've, like, referred to him to people. Um, but there's there was, like, a a gap of years um, from when we were apart. So, like, I remember him as a kid being, like, really funny. <laughs> and now as an adult, I'm back around him again, and he's still really funny. Like, truly, and I don't know if it's maybe just because it triggers, like, my kid-like sense of humor, but I truly think he's one of the funniest people I've ever known. That's very and it's not and it's not just and it's not just like a one track kind of funny either. Like it's it's so weird to me that he I feel like he kind of just like hits this is gonna sound so not heterosexual, but it feels like he it like hits my funny bone in a way like a lot of other people don't because Mm. it's like I don't know I I don't I can't explain it. But yeah, I feel like the negative is that I can never tell when he's serious, but also one of the funniest people I've ever met. This is like Zombieland. This is like Zombieland. He's got a direct line to my funny bone. And I, I hope you guys realize that, like, this is not, I'm not a one word answer kind of person for a question like this, right? Figure that out. Figure uh, that part out. Myself. You guys were at my sister's wedding, right? Oh, heard that one. You know. Yeah. I think you're uh, doing no. that speech. Justin Self. Ugh. How do I encapsulate all the years of, like... <laughs> um, you gotta try and find a positive. 
No, no, no. The positive is not the positive is not difficult for Justin at all because, um, mostly because I know the source of where it comes from, and I'm going to try not to get emotional when I get to that part. So, um, Justin, my negative for Justin is he's like, I guess micromanaging would be the way that I would describe it, but it's not. It's not like. It's weird because it's like he, he he can delegate and he can successfully delegate because he knows what everybody's good at. But it's also like I feel like he's a lot of time. Well, not really anymore because I don't have any responsibilities to the podcast really anymore. I just kind of show up. But like I'm sure Joe a lot of times feels like Justin's breathing down his neck. I am, you know? I am a stickler for, for time for yeah. us. Yes. But also, but also, like, um, he, um, you wouldn't expect it from him uh, because of, like, the way he is upfront about a lot of things in life and just how negative he is about certain things in general. Like, just pretty pessimistic, but... Um, <laughs> Realist. But he's all no. But he's also like genuinely one of the most willing to help people that I've ever met. So like, um, even offering advice when it's not solicited, like. But he's also he's always he's always like, I dude, I've been there. Like, I'm here if you need anything. Like, always let me know if you need anything. And he's kind of been like that my whole life. So, um, I am the yeah, asshole. That's got to that's gotta be the top thing. Asshole is that, with like, the heart of gold, buddy. Well, I, I mean, but it's true though, right? Like, so, like, I have two older brothers, but like, one. How old was I when I stopped going to my older brothers first? Yeah, young, right? Like that. I mean, yeah, we lived in the same town for a lot of my life, but like, that's not really why that happened. Right. It happened because of the kind of person you are. So, yeah, mom did some good work, you know. Yeah, I was trying not to not to go there. That's true. Michael. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. So it's funny that, oh, man, do I have to do the negative first? You should. It's usually nice to finish on the positive. Okay. Um, a sandwich. Well, so Justin, you weren't you weren't asked these questions, right? No, no, no. Yeah. So when I when I did mics, I had it on my list of questions. Just because I feel like, well, I feel like my negative only makes sense if I say the positive first. But I'll try it the other way and just see how it comes out. Because I feel like if you were to be asked this question, you'd answer it the same way. Um, my biggest fear for Mike is untapped potential, because. It's not that, like, he doesn't want to, like, do all this great shit and he's not capable of doing all this great shit. But I just feel like if he wasn't pushed, he may never do all the great shit that he's capable of doing. So I would say that, that, like, he needs to be pushed. Um, and that I don't even know if that's, like, really that negative a thing. But My... I would say that that's, that's got to be, like, the top thing that I would say. In a, is that he's not like he's not like super proactive about going after the shit that he's good at. If I were to be asked the question about Mike, we're in yeah. a, we're in the similar wheelhouse here. My yeah. my negative about Michael is that he's too self-deprecating. You said that. I've said I've said that yeah. several times and it's like my biggest driving factor behind one telling him to shut up when he does it. And two, being the person to push him as often as I can to make him do the things. Yeah. Like, I didn't need to create another t-shirt shop. It was just something cool to have with other podcasts. But, like, yeah. the shit he puts out is incredible. Like, we yeah. got, he, he got to see physically the Three Caballero shirt on my dad the other day. And it, it looks like a shirt that could be bought off a fucking rack. Like, it's beautiful. It's really yeah. good. And that's him. Like, that's your fucking work. You're good. You just, you lack... I, whether it's just 
the motivation or like the belief in yourself. I believe in each and every one of you in this fucking group to the point where I'm, I will be so far up your ass to get shit done because yeah. it's not for me. We know. It's not for me. It's because I know you're all really fucking good at things. And like, it's me pushing it out into the world to be like, look at what these guys can do that I've known they've can do, they can do for so long. Like, look, look at what I was saying. Yes, me. What, what am I good at? <laughs> you, just like Kyle said, you're, you're, you're funny. You bought, like, not, we were in a lull, you know, it was just me, Kyle, <laughs> And Mike for so long, and then Joe came back, and that added a little zip to the show. Uh, so you, you know, yeah. you appreciate come and go. My, my point of view, huh? I, I probably I, I mean I appreciate your originality and individuality, and what comes with it being on the podcast and doing all the other. Like you've been clutch. Uh, even the fact that you were like nervous to do it, the wrestling promos that made it even better. You think so? I didn't even watch it. I'm so, I, I, I was so upset with it. I, um, I also feel like I shortchanged you with my positive for you because I feel like as, like, let's just be honest about it. You know you're funny already, right? Like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure people <laughs> tell you that all the time, and if they don't tell you that, it's just because they know the other people tell you it all the time. I get so told like, I'm stupid more than I'm funny, but it's fine. <laughs> no, yeah, but, I'm the self-deprecating but, one. But, <laughs> but, but part, of, part of that humor isn't just the being funny part. It's about knowing the parts of, like, it's about not just the joke itself or the inflection of the joke, but the comedic timing of the joke. Or like knowing, being able to get a read on the person well enough to know what's going to get them to pop. And you've, I mean, it's hard to say because like I said, we had that, so like a, a gap in knowing and kind of like knowing each other. But to me, you've always been really good at that. You've always been really good at reading the other person and being able to get them to pop. So it's not just like, a, oh, he's so funny. He's just the funny guy. You're also really good at, like, I would say connecting with people and getting a read on other people it's in not order just, to be able to do that. It's not that it, just that he's funny. It's he knows humor. Well, and he knows yeah, how, but it's also he, he knows people. That, that's, all, that's all hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, you guys are too sweet. I, honestly, I don't. I'm just I, I'm, I'm just a little dumb, and I'm, I'm on the fence of Stop. how dumb can I be? Uh, I'm just snarky. I like to be a prick. And did you? Yes. Funny. I get that. I live that life. <laughs> Kyle, what's Mike's positive? I knew you'd get it. Yeah. Oh, I, I was hoping you guys didn't realize I didn't do a positive for Mike because I wasn't going to. Yeah, I was going to call you out on it. I'm just kidding. Um, no, the, I mean, the positive is is truly that he's just like... His wiener's too big, too. No, there's, I mean, there's, well, I've heard things from certain people. Um, I'm all dead. No, but there's, there, there, there are just people who would just seem to be good. At, at everything and like there are things that Mike is truly great at I would say but I would also say I don't think that there's a thing I've seen Mike do that he is below average at cooking you know what? Oh, yeah yeah I am dog shit in the cooking. kitchen cooking I, oh, okay. I've, I've, right, cooking. I've never seen him try I've so witnessed. I wouldn't know yeah. but um tough. but yeah like I would say everything I've seen him try to do, he's at least good at. Voices, comedy, writing, um, voice work. Um, did I say, like, being an artist? Did I say? No. Art? Okay, well, that's because that's what you're average at. Um, <laughs> Got sex somehow. Just kidding. Cooking and drinking. Um, obviously, just kidding. Um, but no, like even when it comes to just like random knowledge and trivia, like you're you're top tier at that as well. I mean, as is like, I mean Justin's there too. But I mean, yeah, pretty much. Just we got to do a trivia night. It's just the five of us. Yeah, but just oh, the level man. of talent. Fucking rough shop. Oh no! Oh, I will. Freaking own everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not going to be talking about toilet trek and 
the fucking dung beetles. All right, all right. I am Mike fucking Mike, Mike, us ahead. against each other, or the five of us going into a, a tournament. Oh, no. It's gotta be a, together. A team, right? as a team. Yeah. Oh, as a team. Yeah, oh, we would destroy fucking destroy everybody. Yeah. You know what would be the worst? The worst part of that. When two of us say an answer at the same time and they're different. Yeah. It'll won't, it won't happen. Just ha- there's no way we're coming to a consensus on what to pick. It's going to be like a coin flip where we look at Mike. But the answers we'll all have because we share a fucking brain. Mike, we're... Oh, we're getting, yeah. We'll, we'll get a lot of points for sure. We're getting low on battery, so if you want to move into the... Yeah, questions. I came up with ten questions. I came up with ten questions all on my own. No oh, one helped with these. <laughs> Definitely not pulled from another show. Uh, what is your favorite word? Phenomenal. It's not joking. I'm saying a lot. A good one. What is your What is your least favorite word? I guess. I guess apathy, just because of the meaning behind it. Okay. Ooh, here's going to get racy. What turns you on? Ooh, boners. <laughs> um, Face. I mean, like physical contact in general is just like, you know? Except for what will. I don't know if it necessarily means sex, sexually. I mean, like what, what inspires you, I guess, would be. Um... Physical, um, not alone. I think, I think the sharing of ideas is uh, is like throwing logs on a fire for me. Like the ability to just spitball and just build and build and build on ideas and concepts is is uh, is pretty pretty amazing. Especially like even in the field I work in, like in architecture. Like, the idea of doing a charrette and being able to, like, oh, here's what I think, and then they'll, somebody else, then the client will be like, oh, here's what I think, and you just roll with it, and it just keeps growing until it actually forms something. Much like storytelling. Right. It's interesting how these first four questions are set up. They're, it's kind of redundant, but you could take them in different ways. Well, what turns you off? Apathy. I, I figured based on the question two that would run into yeah. four. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Oh, can uh-huh. I get back to on this? No. Okay, because the next one is what sound or noise do you hate? Okay, backstory on sound and noise I love. When Emery was a baby, um, I used to, I told Jill once I cannot wait until the day that I come home and I hear her running towards the front door and saying, "Daddy's home." The sound of the kids running towards the door when I get home or like saying daddy's home or like Sadie just like squealing when she knows I'm at the door is the best. Well, I don't think that will ever not be the best part of my day. Okay. So hate? Uh, noise that I hate. Um, uh, Man, silence. I just, you know what? Based on your previous answer, I I thought you were gonna go with silence. <laughs> I, I, but I mean, I guess more specifically, like, um, have you ever been like outside at night uh, and there's like no one on the street? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, an unnerving but, silence. So. If you're like, especially if it's an overcast day, so you can't like look up at the sky. So you're just kind of like in where you are and there's no noise. I hate that. I hate that feeling. Like the world has completely stopped. Like, like, like if I, like it feels like I'm the only person left. Mm. I hate it. What's your favorite curse word? It's gotta be fuck. The go to? Mm-hmm. Gotta be. It's a classic. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I I would love to, to write. I think, yeah, I think that's, 
I think that would definitely be what I would pick. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff, but I think ultimately, I, I would I would want to try to write um, write fiction. Uh, it it's fun, but I can tell you that there comes a point in the project now that Mike and I have done a lot. We're about three quarters of the way done where I start getting the, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. I would, I want to start another project because the beginning part of the project is the best part. And then when you finish it, you're just like, Oh fuck yeah, I'm done. And you don't feel good about it again. This is all just personal. I don't know if Mike feels the same way, but I don't feel good about anything we've done again until other people are either reading it or acting it out. And then I'm like, oh, wow, we did, did we, we really did some good fucking work. I don't completely agree with that because throughout my life, I've started so many things and not gotten past the halfway point. I always, that now that we've started things and finished them, I like the fact that like the end zone's right there. All right, we've got a completed thing. Now let's actually do it. It's not that I don't, the whole process I'm loving. It's not that I don't want to, I don't. Do you, do you get that like certain point where we're just kind of like it's not a it's not feeling stuck but it's just like I don't know if it's just the way I work and because I I have to have like a million things going on at once I like almost feel I need to start working on it. that's why when we write a lot of the times Mike does the majority of the like physical writing and we just bounce things back and forth i'm always fiddling doing something else whether it's cooking or uh like typing notes or like looking for details in something that we're either going to be writing that's coming up in what we're doing like when we wrote the christmas special uh i while he was writing i was just like deep diving christmas lore and mythology and I'm like, oh, dude, did you know about this? Did you know about this? And it's not that I'm not paying attention to what we're doing, and he can tell you that. Like, I'm very good at staying on task, but being focused. Filling in gaps. Being focused on, like, two to three different things at once. Okay. What profession would you not like to do? Um... Would not want to be a pediatric nurse. I couldn't. I couldn't. uh, Especially like doing like vaccinations and injections and stuff like that in kids. I I couldn't do it. There's so much scariness about that job. Even when things are going well, it's scary. I mean, well, specifically because they're so sensitive and like I. There are legitimately days when I look at myself and I wonder if I have early onset Parkinson's. Because like I shake so much, um, like I would just be terrified to ever even attempt to do something like that. Perfectly reasonable answer. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That doesn't make sense, isn't it, Saint Peter? Dude, I have heard this question so many times, and previously thought about what I would say, and I completely forgot it was the last question. <laughs> So, uh, man, I guess, um, uh, the family's waiting. Hmm. Very nice. I was going to say they're waiting, but that's way creepier. We've <laughs> been waiting for you. Yeah. All right. So I think we've all learned quite a bit about Kyle that we didn't know before. What about Jones? They didn't have any questions, man. Uh, I have I a question. I have a question. Um, is it easy being as cool as you are? Or is it hard work? <laughs> it's actually very difficult. Really? Putting on this facade every day. Really? I, I wouldn't have guessed that. No. Yeah, I mean, I know people see me in the streets and they're like, oh, who's this modern-day James Dean? But, like, it's really it's really tough being this cool, always. 
Hey, man. You make it look easy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yep. Discipline equals freedom. Being a Packers fan. Yeah. You, you had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Bro. Then you're going to start another 45-minute show. Joe, <laughs> I told you the battery's dying. God damn it. I, 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 Farver or Rodgers? I mean, I got to pick Rodgers only because there were a lot fewer games that ended for me in heartbreak. If he was the last guy with the ball, we usually won. We very rarely lost when he got the ball at the end of the game. Okay, but he was, he was never in something about Mary. That's true. That's true. But he did grow but, his hair out for a year to be John Wick for Halloween. That's true also. Uh, thankfully, thankfully I, got to, I got to watch both play. And when he was on the Packers, he didn't go five plays into the game and then get hurt. <laughs> that's true, but that's also just the nature of being a Jets fan, Joe. <laughs> Point. That's your sports talk on nerdities. All right. But doesn't Kyle usually do? You know what? No, this is not a normal show. No, we don't. All no, we no, do it's not. Is say nerdities at gmail Just nerdities. To type in nerdies at any, you could even type in nerdies on Bing, and something will come up <laughs> if you decide to go on Bing. Ask Jeeves about nerdities, and he'll find mm. some shit. Netscape Navigator. Mm-hmm. Deep. Type in AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> You will find something. Other than that, this is where we say, fucketh, buyeth. Bye. Bye. And why should I care? Mmm, dry.